And the Shoei incident was I like in how between. you're referring to this as an incident. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, the whole night was an incident, honestly. <laughs> but um, basically, when I went up to go play my set, they did like a happy birthday thing for me. And um, what happened? Uh, basically, just decided to do a Shoei uh, on the spot. So uh, what is a Shoei? Basically, it's like an Australian thing. And uh, you take your shoe off and you fill it up with a beer and then you just basically chug the beer from your own shoe. <laughs> so I ended up doing that with Wongo. And then after that, immediately after that, Henry walked up and he had like an Adidas shoe box. And I was like, oh, like, what's that? What did they get for me? And he opened it up and it was a Smirnoff ice. Oh. So they iced me immediately after that. And then I had to play a back-to-back -back with Walker and Royce after that. So it was a, it was a hectic experience. What's up guys, Lena at Sidewalk Talk and today I am with Omnam. What's up? So tell me what it was like growing up in Arcadia. Um, I mean, it was chill. Arcadia is a cool spot. Suburbs. Uh, went to the Santa Anita Mall a lot. Shouts out 626. Um, I went to school in El Monte. Uh, I went to Arroyo uh. High School. And then, yeah, uh, I lived in San Francisco for a few years after that. Mm. Uh, for college? Was, yeah, for like five or six years. Where'd you go to college? Uh, I went to SF State, oh. go Gators. And uh, after that, I moved back down to uh, Monterey Park. So kept up with the 626. And then a few years ago, a couple years ago now, I moved over to Westside, LA, oh. Culver City now. Oh, wow, that's a big change going from yeah. the suburbs to yeah, the city. Yeah, seriously. But I was actually curious about this. So I knew your last name's Lee. Yes. Are you Asian? No. Okay, so it's also like an American name, but I wasn't sure if there was like any yeah, relation no. because you said no, you grew up in no Arcadia. Asian, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the 626 also throws people off. Yeah. But uh, no, Lee is no Asian in me. What ethnicity are you? Uh, I'm a bunch of different things. Uh, huh. Basically, yeah, I'm just a bunch of different things. Okay. <laughs> Did your parents support you going into music? Um, yeah, I mean, they've always been pretty supportive. I mean, I've been involved with music pretty much my entire life. Like, I started taking like piano lessons when I was like four or five years old. And you're and, a marching uh, band. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that. So. A lot of the marching band in high school. I did like jazz band ah. and like the orchestra, wind ensemble type stuff. I even did that when I was still going through college. Oh wow. And then uh, once I got out of all that, I ended up teaching music at a few different uh, high schools. You did music camp as well? Um, yeah, I would do that over the summer. I taught uh, way, way out in like Indiana. Oh, so very yeah, it's taking me a lot of places, but yeah. <laughs> Um, I played sports too when I was little, but once I got to, mm, I'd say high school level, I decided that I was going to do more of the music stuff mm -hmm. rather than trying to do baseball or soccer or whatever I was doing as a kid, like yeah. the AYSO shit. How so, did you like marching band? Because I know that, I feel like it's a very yeah, I mean, unique experience. It was a, I think it was a great experience. I mean. I met so many people through that and just got to see so many different parts of the country traveling with those groups. Oh. And then just like the musical experience, doing that for, geez, must have been like 
trying to think. Maybe like, probably like 10 years or so. Wow. Just like the musical experience that you gain through that can't really be matched from people that aren't really performing in groups like that. Mm. So, I mean, that was great. I think it was a great experience. I don't really use too much of those skills in my day-to-day -day life, <laughs> but I think just like the, the musical experience, like it informs the music production side of thing a lot. Did you learn like a lot of rhythm from that or? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So my is inner- that, Did it help you with your music? My inner metronome is pristine. <laughs> and uh, my intonation is also pretty good. So, I mean, the, uh, one of the tracks on that EP that I put out last year, the first one, Foulmouth, I, it was the, the first time I'd actually played trumpet on any of my songs, so. That was you? Yeah, that was me. Oh, wow. What other instruments can you play? Um, I mean, I can play piano, I can play guitar. I wouldn't necessarily consider myself like a piano player or a guitar player, but I could play those if yeah. I had to. Um, brass instruments or, I mean, I could probably play, like I played French horn when I was in college. Um, probably like anything with like a valve, like the three valves, I could probably play all right. Mm -hmm. but. Trumpet was my main one for a long time. That's very talent. A lot of talent. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll call it that. <laughs> as far as like the producing and stuff, it was always just sort of like a little hobby I had until like mm -hmm. around 2017 when I decided to start taking it more seriously. And then obviously had some success with that. So I heard about your whole Walker and Royce. Yeah. Sorry, I've been singing it around. Do you want to? Yeah, that was kind of a that was more? kind of a cool thing. Uh, I was playing. I I wasn't even playing at the party. Actually, it was yeah, a party that speed. Vanessa Vanessa used to play, and she used to throw this party called uh, what was it called? It was something space themed, and uh, it was super cool because at the end, like basically, we were all just we were all friends at the time, mm. and. At the end, we decided to just do this like massive back to back to back to back to back to back. It was like me, Lucati, Dateless, Steady Rock, Franklin Watts, Vanessa, and then Gavin was there, and Gavin being Walker and Royce. Mm -hmm. um, so we all played music, and Gavin was like, "Oh, I really like your stuff." So he was like, "Just send send me some music." And then uh, obviously, like within the next couple months, was when I wrote "Faux Free." Mm -hmm and I sent it to him and within like a couple weeks they were playing it along their tour back when they were playing the self-help tour and uh, yeah it kind of caught fire yeah. via Instagram and just people being like what the heck is this so the song that started it all yeah so they played it on like holy ship mm -hmm. that year and then um, eventually they ended up playing it in a back-to-back -back with Claude Von Stroke at Dirty Bird Camp Out East Coast, which was a whole other story in it's itself. Whole, yeah. But I think that was kind of when uh, Claude decided that, oh, maybe we should put this out because it seems like people like it. So that's kind of how that happened. So it's thanks, Walker and Royce. From there. <laughs> <laughs> so ever since, I guess, Faux Free came out, um, what happened to you after that? Like, did things just start coming together or? Um, yeah, so before Faux Free actually came out, uh, like very shortly before it came out, I started working with an agent, Hamilton. What's up, Hamilton? Um, 
and basically we just came with this this plan to start trying to play shows around the time that this track comes out because obviously mm -hmm. the track was going to be like pretty big and uh we basically just wanted to time it and like have some shows and like a little mini tour or whatever uh ready to go once that all happened so it was just like very well timed out and it all went really well so like 2018 was a very very busy year and then carried it on into 2019 and then 2020 happened and now now I'm trying to get shows again. <laughs> I saw um, you came out with an album in 2020, Friendless Summer. Yeah, yeah, I came out with a five track EP of just projects that were not really quite as club friendly, I guess mm -hmm. you'd say. It's more melodic. So, yeah, it's a lot more melodic. It's a lot more, I mean, there's one that I took that deep end sample and I turned it into like an indie alternative track. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just sort of like a, I don't know, when I, last year, it was very difficult to want to write any sort of party music since there were no parties really going on so was it your album inspired by covid and the whole situation um, not not necessarily i would just say that it was like a good time for me to try and put something out that people would want to listen to outside mm. of the club maybe just like sitting in their living room or something so because i wasn't really listening to much like banging house music last year just because i mean there was no no parties. no no parties to play at, no parties to go to. So I just kind of took the opportunity to put out some stuff that I'd had saved up over the last couple of years that maybe wouldn't fit on like a record label that oh, was so putting out club stuff. So it's something that's been like in the process. So you've yeah, I mean, a, a couple of those tracks I'd been like, they had been saved on my laptop for like two years. Oh, wow. So yeah, I just kind of hammered them out and got them all finished and put them out. It was a self-release, so. I hadn't done anything like that in years. Yeah, no, I felt like some of the titles and like the album name itself, like from the summer. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> the name the name year. of the EP for sure was inspired by last year. But yeah, aside from that, it was just more of an excuse for me to put out some music that I had no other outlet to put out. And what about upcoming projects? Um, upcoming projects. Right now, I'm just kind of focusing on my own stuff. Um, I'm trying to go in a different direction from last year. I mean, obviously last year I wasn't making party music, but since I have a feeling that we'll be playing at least some sort of parties by the end of this year, I'm gonna start getting back into making the the more uh, banger stuff. So, got some cool stuff uh, on the way. I got some cool collabs, I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Oh. I've got some cool remixes that I'm Ooh. not allowed to talk about <laughs> yet, but uh, yeah, we've got, we've got cool stuff in the pipe, but just kind of waiting soon. for kind of waiting for the right time to put it out because yeah. I mean just putting out like big like banging like rave bombs I just feel like right now it, it, it's just gonna it's just gonna be a little blip on the radar and then yeah. by the time shows come back by the end of this year it's all gonna be old anyway oh, that's true it's a good way to put it yeah I feel like when uh, shows come back people are gonna be partying harder so you need to yeah. put like the bangers then kind of scared I'm kind of scared about that <laughs> What are some of the challenges that you've faced as a producer? Um, I mean like the usual issues that people have is just like writer's block hmm. or maybe just like not, a typical issue would probably be like not having connections at some of the labels that you would like to be on. And if that's the case, then it's really difficult to try and get your foot in the door with some of those labels. But. For me personally, it's just always been like trying to do something different mm -hmm. 
and I mean, I don't know how you would put it, but it's like, if you do something. Oh my God, is that a snake? Oh, it's a snake. Is that real? Is that, I mean, is it alive? I don't know. Let's get it on video. <laughs> Sorry guys, that was, we uh, could I think have, he's dead. could not have almost died. I'm just kidding. Let's see if he's alive. Oh my God. No, he's, he's dead. dead. Poor snake. Well, that's sad. <laughs> I guess my instinct was like, that's a snake. <laughs> that's a very uh, primal reaction. <laughs> Watching out for my feet over humans here. Are, humans are not meant to <laughs> see snakes. Except Morelia. Morelia would probably dig that. But Morelia probably feels really sad right now watching that. I Sorry, know. Tanner. <laughs> Sorry, so what you're saying about your struggles? My struggles, um, I've got a lot of struggles, but <laughs> in terms of like production, uh, just trying to do something di different and you know, some of the stuff that we were doing in 2018, like me and my like little core group of homies, um, things that we were doing in 2018 might've gotten like blown, like, it might've blown up so much that now you can't even really go back to doing that. So I call, it's like called the Skrillex effect. It's like when Skrillex started doing all that stuff in 2010, it changed the dubstep scene entirely, um. but it changed it so much so that he couldn't even do his original stuff anymore. Yeah. Like if he came back and did the same stuff that he was doing in 2010, now it would just it sound like work. everything else. Yeah. So you've always kind of just got to be constantly reinventing yourself or trying to establish your own identity. So that's kind of just still what I'm doing. Okay, and what is your process for creating a song? Um, it changes a lot. I mean, oh. honestly, like, it changes based on whatever track you're working on. Mm -hmm. So, like, for remixes, for remixes, I usually try and keep a lot of the original, like, I guess just the feel of the original track. Mm -hmm. I try to keep that, but at the same time, I want to change it almost everything except, like, the main of the original track so kind of just leave your fingerprint all over it and then in terms of just like writing original stuff I don't know how I feel about like this idea that some people say that people should be able to know that it's your track before they even know that it's your track like just hearing it they'll be like oh that's an om nom track oh that's a so-and-so track do you want to go up this hill we could do that or do you want to go straight what do you think whatever you want to hike let's go up this way okay <laughs> We're gonna go up a giant hill. We are doing this. I don't remember what I was talking about. You're talking about the process of making a track. If you make an original, people say want, they want it to be like an omnom sound. Yeah, they'll they'll be like one of the, like these ideas that goes around is that like if people hear a track, they should immediately know it's you. I don't think that's the case because I feel like if that's the case, you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. Like so much so that it becomes your identity, and I don't know if I really dig that. So. I try to somehow not really do the same thing twice, mm. but at the same time have this indescribable quality that still makes it an Omnom track, you know? Yeah. And I know you played at Sound yes. a couple times. Um, do you want to tell me more about the shoeies that you... Oh God, that, <laughs> was, um, that was on my birthday, uh, Space Yacht 2000. Uh -oh. 18 I believe. 
So yeah, that was 2018. Um, Space Yacht, my birthday fell on a Tuesday that year, so immediately we hit up Henry and Rami and we're like, yo, can we do like a Space Yacht show for my birthday? And they were on board with it and ended up letting me book the whole lineup out. So I had, let's see, who was on there? Steady Rock, Sage Armstrong, let's see. Who else was on there? Was it Vanessa and Morelia? And uh, let's see, Wongo, for sure. Wongo was the one who instigated the Shoei incident. <laughs> and then uh, me and I did a back-to-back with Walker and Royce, or Gavin. Oh, okay. Gavin of Walker and Royce. And the Shoei incident was I like in how between... you're referring to this as an incident. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, the whole night was an incident, honestly. <laughs> but um basically when i went up to go play my set they did like a happy birthday thing for me and um what happened uh basically just decided to do a shoey uh on the spot so uh, what is a shoey basically to? it's like an australian thing and uh you take your shoe off and you fill it up with a beer and then you just basically chug the beer from your own shoe <laughs> so i ended up doing that with wongo and then after that immediately after that henry walked up and he had like an adidas shoe box and i was like oh like what's that what did they get for me and he opened it up and it was a smirnoff ice so they iced me immediately after that and then i had to play a back-to-back with walker and royce after that so it was a it was a hectic experience i think they the the video of this whole set is on youtube so you can probably watch the the set and know that I had been drinking heavily <laughs> prior to that. That's hilarious. So um, I also know you were doing Desperate House Vibes. Yeah, Desperate House Vibes. Do you want to tell me more about that? Um, Desperate House Vibes is basically just this party that I started throwing in 2019 and it was like late November, early December, I can't really mm-hmm. remember. But basically it's just a party that I started and just had my friends on the lineup and it sort of was like this huge success so decided we were going to keep doing it and um, obviously we weren't able to do it last year because everything was still shut down so mm-hmm. we ended up actually being able to do a, like a little partnership type deal like a little takeover with Desert Hearts on Twitch oh, nice. and that was super cool we had a lot of great artists again and then next year or this year depending on which happens first um, just going to keep it going we're going to try and do it again and i really like that brand because it allows me to play stuff that i normally wouldn't usually play Mm. like i play like really like pretty classic house music in that case so i kind of get to break out of my normal type of set so that's a good outlet for me and i like being able to put my friends on the lineup and stuff so hoping we'll be able to do it again this year back at sound or something yeah that'd be sounds fun any event it was cool (laughs) honestly um and what was the whole wine aspect of that um i don't know where that came from i mean like the just like the aesthetic of it i just kind of it's kind of evolved into just being like roses and like candles and wine i don't know but it's kind of cool yeah i don't know it gives it its its own vibe like when we did it at sound we decorated the whole place up with like rose petals and candles and everything so it kind of just sets it apart from what other people are doing i think it's got its own unique little vibe to it so yeah that's fun i like decorating all the stuff huh that is really cool i feel like I mean, we're, we're in 
February now, so it's kind of sounds Valentine-y, but maybe when this is released in March. Oh yeah, definitely. Completely different. What would you want to be remembered for? Um, just kind of just being in my own lane, not really being, not, it's like, what, 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 did, what did I compare, what did I say? I was like, I don't even want to be able to be like compared to anybody else because like not, not even being better or worse, just I don't even want to be doing something similar enough to anyone else that I'm able to be compared. So I just want to be so doing my own shit that people can't really make any comparisons. So I guess that's what I would want to be remembered for. Yeah, no, that's the best way to do it. Alright, fan, fan questions. First We're doing one. fan questions. It is time. We're like out of breath because... She's out of breath because she's been doing this for the last three hours. <laughs> you're, you're I'm so out of breath because I haven't done this in two years. Oh, I thought you were just fine. You were going up hills. Alright, like... then we're good. <laughs> okay, first question. Who is currently your favorite producer? Um, That's tough. There's a lot of great producers, different genres and stuff, but in terms of like house... Um, Walker and Royce obviously have been my favorite for a long time and then within like the last year or so I've been getting really into Anti Up hmm. so they're about to have an album drop so I'm really excited to see how that sounds so that's kind of what my sound is going more towards so we'll just yeah. go with that for right now Cool. holding this thing is hard <laughs> dogs or cats um I've had both, but I live with my cat now, so what probably kind of have to say have? cat. I have a black cat. Aww. Name's Ableton. Oh, that's a nice name choice. Yeah. <laughs> Able for short. <laughs> um, do you feel that the industry speaks up enough about issues that are uncomfortable? Um, probably not, but I mean, what are you going to do? Some people, they're... Uh, they see it as like a branding issue if they get too political. So I don't really buy that, but what can you do? All you can do is speak up for yourself. So I guess if other people don't want to speak up on that kind of stuff, then it's on them. It's true. Answer is no, but are the clubs open where you live? No, <laughs> no, they're not. How did you get into learning trumpet? Um, through school, I started playing in sixth grade and that's when I started doing all that and I ended up playing it through college and stuff so I've been doing it for a long time. Hmm. Any plans to make a track with Walker and Royce? Um, actually, as of this morning, oh. um, I can't really comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> That was like an anticlimactic, and there was like, yeah. Never <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite thing you like to cook? My favorite thing that I like to cook, um, it depends. I like making burritos and burrito bowls, so Ooh. I'll just do like all the Next different food. parts of it, and then yeah, I'll just kind of make my own thing. Those are fun. Yeah. I like making chorizo. Oh. Chorizo breakfast burritos. Have you ever heard a stranger singing one of your tracks in public without them noticing you? Um, no. No, I've never heard someone singing one of my tracks. I've been at like music festivals and like walked past like the campsites where people are playing my music, but I, yeah, I never really like approach them and be like, hey, that's my music. <laughs> Isn't it it's sick? It's pretty cool though. <laughs> it's pretty cool when that happens. Yeah, that is cool. Can you shuffle? I used to be able to shuffle. I don't know if I can still, but I used to be able to in like high school. That was cool. That was cool back then. What do you think is cool now? 
people who can still shuffle really well. I think that's cool, but I don't think I would be cool if I tried to shuffle. Oh. <laughs> Um, when is your next drop of Desperate House Vibes merch? Um, well, usually we'll try and put that stuff out around the time that we throw the party. So if we try and do that again, it'll probably be in like late 2021. Yeah. So if we do it then, then yeah. But I'm really hoping we'll be able to do something by then. When the next party comes. Whenever the next Desperate House Vibes is, is when we'll do the House Vibes merch again. Yeah. Where do you get your Kiki's delivery service patch from? eBay. Okay. <laughs> what is Kiki's delivery service patch? Uh, I have a Kiki's delivery service patch on my Dirty Bird camp out, like camper shirt. Oh, like a patch. Yeah, oh, it's really okay. sick. Okay, I was just. I got it from eBay. Got it. Okay. Um, what are you listening to currently? What are your top five artists right now? Oh God. Um, I've been listening to a lot of like a lot of different stuff. Um, been listening to a lot of hip hop. Um, Mick Jenkins. I've been listening to a lot of Mick Jenkins. He's like one of my artists that I like discovered since quarantine started. So I throw him on a lot of my playlists. My Little Caesars playlist. He's a he's a fixture on there. Carnage or Kashmir? Um, none of the above. Okay. None of the above because I don't think either of them are really taking any risks with their sound. How's the weed soda? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I haven't tried them yet. I'm oh. too scared to try it out. Uh, Pabst, uh, PBR sent me a little box of like these new like cannabis seltzers that they're going to come oh. out with. So I posted them on my story and a bunch of people were like, yo, what the hell's that? Wow. And uh, yeah, I was just kind of, I haven't tried either of them yet. So mm. we'll see. Are you going to put tech house, uh, are you going to put a tech house set on SoundCloud? Um, I just put my set from Desperate House Vibes on there. Uh, oh, are they talking about the Tech My House set? Probably. Yeah. Um, it's on YouTube right now, actually. They already put it up. Space Yacht put it on Insomniac's YouTube channel. Does a straw have one or two holes? I mean, I guess one, right? <laughs> it would have to be one. It has two ends, but only one. I think there's only one hole in a straw. Um, if you could ask Apple TV one thing, what would it be? If I could ask my Apple TV one thing, yeah, um, I would probably ask it to. I don't know. I'd probably ask it to turn my live my bedroom lights orange or something, something <laughs> weird like that. Is that your favorite color? Um, sometimes it is. Oh. Like like Little Caesars orange. Oh, like the almost neon fluorescent. Almost. Yeah, something like that. Like, how did you get your name on them? Omnom, uh, I mean, honestly, my real name was already taken. Um, there's another DJ out here in California named Cody Lee. So Cody Lee was already taken. And so when I had to come up with something else, um, basically, I always try to remember where this like thought process came from, but I think I just wanted it to be something that was more of like a sound. Mm. And the whole Omnom thing was kind of cool. Like it's not a real word. And it kind of lent itself to a lot of like different branding outlets mm -hmm. so like i'd use like the chomp sample oh, in a lot of my oh. tracks so just like that like the logo with the mouth and everything i kind of already had like envisioned that so it kind of all worked did do you have a passion for food or um, any relation to food i mean i like i like eating food but <laughs> i wouldn't say i'm like a culinary uh success or anything so what's your favorite type of food um 
I think it's always been like Mexican food. Huh. Mexican food is usually my favorite. Yeah, I'll, I'll always be down to get Mexican food, but I like eating all kinds of other stuff too. Do you ever smile, LOL? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't smile a lot on social media. That's uh, that's one thing I've noticed that I don't, like in a lot of my like shots, I don't yeah, I, smile I, very often. I, noticed I smile that. a lot in person, but uh, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I don't <laughs> smile in a lot of my om nom content. <laughs> Um, what are your favorite foods in the 626? Restaurants, I guess. Favorite foods in the 626? Taco Treats, Fire, uh, Mama Lou's in Monterey Park was Fire, yeah. That's a really good spot. I used to eat there all the time. It was like right at the end of my street that I used to live on. Um, let me see. 626 spots. I'm trying to think of where we would go. Petrillo's Pizza. Mm -hmm. Petrillo's Pizza is a classic. And yeah, that's all I can really think of right now. Off the top of my head. Cool, and last question, favorite pastime? Definitely not producing music. <laughs> I definitely don't enjoy producing music as a pastime. Um, I like playing some video games. I've been playing a lot of Warzone lately, mm -hmm. but aside from that, uh, I usually try and keep busy just doing all kinds of different stuff, so. Or just watching YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. YouTube videos is a good pastime for me. Yeah. Cool. And that was all. That was it. Yes. All right. We had quite a bit to go through, actually. Yeah, we had a lot of questions from them. So. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Sweet. Thanks for jumping on with us on Sidewall Talk, and hope you guys enjoyed. We'll Bye, see guys. Ya.